Hello and welcome to this week's Three Shifts Edition by Six Pages, the source for far-reaching market shifts and what they mean. It's April 23rd, 2021. I'm Eric Thompson, and here are the three shifts that you need to know this week. One, is the new AirTag a signal of Apple's grander IoT ambitions? Two, Kroger's new automated large-scale shed versus its rival's micro-fulfillment strategy. And three, U.S. and Japan invest $4.5 billion in 6G with an eye to the next battleground with China. Shift one. Is the new AirTag a signal of Apple's grander IoT ambitions? This past Tuesday, Apple announced its long-awaited AirTag device would be available for sale on April 30th. Like its competitor Tiles devices, the small, coin-like Bluetooth-enabled AirTags $29 each or $99 for a four-pack are designed to be affixed to users' everyday items, for example, keychain, bag, purse, or bike, for tracking. Users with lost items can look for them on Apple's Find My app, which already has nearly 1 billion Apple devices, for example, iPhones and iPads, connected to it. The AirTag, powered by a standard CR2032 battery, can emit sounds to help users locate their item iPhone 11 and 12 owners can also use quote-unquote precision finding, which combines the AirTag's ultra-wideband technology with the phone's camera, AR kit, accelerometer, and gyroscope to guide the user to their AirTag. If needed, users can put the AirTag into lost mode and be notified when it is in range or found. Anyone with an Apple device or NFC-enabled Android device can tap a lost mode-enabled AirTag with their phone to see the owner's phone number. One of the AirTag's most notable features is its use of Apple's network of 1 billion devices to help with location finding, even when the device can't connect to Wi-Fi or a cell network. Any Apple device with offline finding enabled can serve as a finder device that detects short-range Bluetooth signals from an AirTag. The identity of network participants and location of devices and individuals in the Find My network stay private, even from Apple, and all communication is end-to-end encrypted. AirTag represents a major expansion of Apple's ecosystem. From a hardware perspective, it's a net new consumer device connected to the Apple ecosystem with a wide array of applications and potential to be another $1 billion plus product for the company. Apple is also offering accessories, for example, leather keyrings, specially designed to incorporate an AirTag, including a partnership with luxury brand Hermes. In the AirTag announcement, Apple also highlighted its Find My Network accessory program which lets approved third-party manufacturers, for example, Belkin and Van Moof, bring their products, such as headphones and electric bicycles, into Apple's Find My app. The program was reportedly launched in response to the antitrust heat that started ramping up against Apple in mid-2020. The integration with Find My is software only, no special chip or AirTag needed. Ultra-wideband UWB technology, a feature of Apple's U1 chip used in the AirTag, is another pathway for expanding Apple's ecosystem. UWB, opened up in 2002 by the FCC for unlicensed use, has advantages over alternative technologies. It is low power, low latency, its location sensing is a thousand times faster than Bluetooth, has high localization accuracy, within half an inch, can penetrate walls, and is largely immune to interference. UWB device shipments are expected to grow from 150 million in 2020 to $1 billion in 2025, 
opening up future doors for Apple and integrating AirTag with third-party UWB products. Not everyone is happy about the AirTag's arrival. Tile, which has offered similar trackers since 2014, has complained that Apple is engaging in anti-competitive behavior. Tile cites Apple's inside knowledge of its business, the Find My app shipping by default on all Apple devices, different privacy defaults for third-party location trackers versus Find My, Apple's privacy requirements as an onus on third-party developers, and AirTags' ability to connect to Apple's U1 chips. Apple has responded by opening up FindMy to third-party products and its U1 chips to third-party developers. Tile filed a complaint with the European Commission last year, and this week brought its case to the U.S. Senate. AirTag has been a long time coming for Apple, rumored since at least August 2019 and in production since at least September 2020. Apple is focused more on getting it right than being first to market. After all, it's already seven years behind its competition. There's a recognition that quote-unquote only Apple, Tim Cook's off-sided mantra, can do what it is doing with AirTag. Only Apple has the end-to-end control over mobile device hardware, operating system, and associated platforms and services, and at scale with an installed base of 1 billion devices. Apple has to step particularly lightly because of its strident user-centric position around privacy. But if it can get this right for consumers, AirTags could be Apple's opening foray into a broader universe of context-based services and subscription revenue from those services. The use cases for AirTags could eventually go well beyond the tracking of keys and purses. To AR games, offline online experiences in mixed reality environments, asset tracking and indoor localization, resource sharing in commercial spaces, and other IoT-based services for Apple business. To read more content related to AirTags and Apple, check out our September 11th, 2023 Shifts Edition, Tech on the Horizon, See-Through Package Imaging, AirTags, Verified Calling, Robotic Mapping. In our June 19th, 2023 Shifts Edition, Apple gets antitrust heat for its App Store and Apple Pay practices. Shift 2. Kroger's new automated large-scale shed versus rivals' micro-fulfillment strategy. Last week, Kroger, the largest pure-play grocery chain in the U.S., launched a 375,000-square-foot automated customer fulfillment center outside of Cincinnati, Ohio. The $55 million facility will house 1,000 robots and 400 human employees, who will work together to fulfill thousands of online orders every day for delivery and customer pickup. The facility's system can reportedly pick a 50-item order in under 5 minutes. The warehouse, which serves a radius of 90 miles, is expected to handle up to $700 million in orders annually, about the same output as 20 stores. The fulfillment center, or SHED, is the byproduct of an exclusive partnership for the U.S. market signed three years ago with UK online grocer and technology vendor Okado. Okado has similar deals with grocery chains in Japan, France, and Canada. Kroger's deal included upping its stake in Ocado to 6%. The Ohio warehouse is the first of 20 originally planned Ocado-powered Kroger sheds across the U.S., though only half the locations have been announced so far. Ocado is also powering Kroger's in-store fulfillment capabilities, with rollout starting this year. For Kroger, the partnership with Ocado, viewed by many as the industry standard for online grocery operations, is a key element in its ambition, quote, to be one of America's leading e-commerce platforms and companies, end quote. Last year, its e-commerce business grew 116%, reaching over $10 billion in revenue. 
While curbside pickup is still Kroger's largest online segment, delivery is growing faster at over 150% last year. The e-commerce warehouses tap into last year's pandemic-driven growth in online grocery orders. U.S. online grocery sales grew 54% in 2020 to become a $96 billion market. More than half of the U.S. population are expected to buy their groceries online by 2022, though 2021 may see an overall decline in grocery in favor of restaurants. By 2025, the online grocery market could be worth $250 billion, over 60% more than pre-pandemic estimates. As grocery retailers look for more efficient ways to fulfill orders, Automated grocery warehouses are expected to be a $30 billion opportunity by 2026. Kroger joins a host of grocers, for example, HEB, Amazon, Albertsons, Walmart, and Ajo Delays, that are implementing automated warehouses to fulfill online orders. Many of them are partnering with e-commerce automation players such as Domatic, Fabric, Alert Innovation, Takeoff Technologies, and SwissLog. Even grocery delivery service Instacart is reportedly exploring robotic warehouses for order fulfillment, up to 50 warehouses in one year by some accounts. Kroger's approach of large-scale, capital-intensive automated warehouses, which range from 135,000 to 375,000 square feet, has its skeptics, who say it could take eight years for Kroger to recoup its investment. Its rivals are investing in less expensive micro-fulfillment centers, smaller, dedicated facilities, with fewer, high-turnover SKUs located closer to customers. They can be delivery-only, quote-unquote, dark stores in urban areas, for example, Whole Foods' retail store conversions, or bolt-on operations attached to retail stores. The logic behind micro-fulfillment centers is clear, to facilitate faster service to customers and greater delivery density, and get the operation profitable as soon as possible. Kroger's large-scale approach, in contrast, can theoretically be more efficient in the long run, but will make the grocery giant less nimble as new technologies like autonomous vehicles come over the horizon and change the bases of competition. To read more content related to fulfillment, e-commerce, and retail, check out our August 14th, 2020, Three Shifts edition. All roads lead to e-commerce as retailers invest in fulfillment and online assortment. In our March 26th, 2020 brief, grocery delivery, e-commerce, and the renewal of Walmart. Shift 3. U.S. and Japan invest $4.5 billion in 6G with an eye to the next battleground with China. Last Friday, the White House announced that the U.S. and Japan would co-invest $4.5 billion, $2.5 billion from the U.S. and $2 billion from Japan, in R&D, testing, and deployment of secure advanced connectivity technologies, including open 5G and next-generation 6G mobile networks. As part of the partnership, the U.S. and Japan will also collaborate on developing global standards. The announcement also suggests that a successful U.S.-Japan cooperation could be extended to include quote-unquote third countries as partners. Separately, Germany also announced earlier this month an up to $833 million investment in a 6G research initiative. The emphasis on open 5G is a clear shot at Chinese telecom equipment giant Huawei. Huawei is the world's largest vendor of radio access network, RAN, equipment globally, even though it is barred from many Western deals due to its U.S. designation as a security threat. Hardware compatibility is still an issue in 5G, with network operators having to acquire whole systems from one vendor to ensure compatibility. 
quote-unquote open RAN architectures, in contrast, allow for greater choice among equipment suppliers through interoperability and standardization. If open RAN takes hold, it could diminish Huawei's dominance and drive down equipment costs. The government's attention on 6G is particularly notable in light of 5G just beginning to become a reality for consumers and enterprises. By many accounts, 6G will not fully arrive until around 2030. That said, the promise of 6G, incredible leaps in data speed, latency, connectivity, and coverage, has the potential to transform, once again, our relationship with technology. While projections vary widely, 6G could be 50 times to 8,000 times faster than 5G's already blazingly fast peak speeds, with speeds of up to 1 terabyte per second, the equivalent of downloading 142 hours of high-quality Netflix video every second. 6G's expected latency is 0.1 milliseconds, versus 1 millisecond for 5G. These advances will open the door to a wide array of new applications. Real-time lifelike holograms, delivery drones and flying taxis, robot-dense industrial environments, collaborative and immersive virtual worlds, brain-machine and machine-machine interfaces, Internet of Everything, and more. 6G, at this point, remains much more of a theoretical technology than a practical reality. Just this week, when announcing that Huawei would launch its 6G networks by 2030, the acting Huawei chairman said, quote, We don't really know what 6G is yet. We are working with other players in the industry to define what 6G actually is, end quote. Huawei has had a 6G research center in Canada since at least 2019. For the U.S., 6G is an opportunity to recapture generational leadership and connectivity from China. Despite all the U.S.'s efforts, Huawei has retained its global dominance based on both technology leadership and price advantage, and the U.S. continues to trail China in 5G adoption. Given the potential national security implications of 6G and its applications, for example, new forms of drone surveillance, the U.S. and Japan, not to mention the EU, Germany, and South Korea, are starting the 6G race to protect their national interests. The early leaders in 6G will be able to capture key patents and establish global standards that advantage their markets. They will also be able to encourage adoption of standards and trusted hardware in less developed countries. China and its homegrown champions, however, are not standing still. In addition to Huawei and ZTE's investments, China is establishing a national 6G technology R&D group and, in November 2020, launched what it claimed was the, quote, world's first 6G test satellite, end quote, into orbit. We're seeing a growing number of investments and collaborations across private and public sector to define and enable 6G, including from Apple, Sony Intel NTT, Samsung, LG, Nokia EU, ZTE China Unicom, the UN's International Telecommunication Union, or ITU, the Alliance for Telecommunications Industry Solutions NextG Alliance, and the 6G flagship group. We should expect investment to ramp up over the next decade, including an infrastructure to support the massive projected increase in speeds. To read more content related to connectivity and 5G, check out our March 9th, 2021 brief, The Commercialization and Democratization of Private 5G. In our January 28th, 2021 brief, are 5G networks finally getting real for U.S. consumers? That's it for this week's Three Shifts edition. If you'd like to read more content and you're not already subscribed, head to sixpages.com to sign up for free summaries of our deeply researched briefs and the Three Shifts edition straight to your inbox. 
Keep an eye out for our upcoming brief on the growing use of OpenAI's GPT-3 model globally. And talk to you again on next week's Three Shifts Edition. 